So welcome everyone to the On-Ramp to Success podcast. We have as our guest today, Akpenny Torku Sims. She just recently added the Sims. She got married recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I'm going to read you uh, a brief little bit about her background, and then we're going to dive right in. So uh, she is the founder of Ezer Unfolding Life and Business Development Coaching which motivates women, small business owners, entrepreneurs, and other empire builders to define and clarify their goals and succeed in their purpose and calling. She's a speaker and a coach. She embodies the true meaning of an Ezer, which I'll let her explain, um, a strong person who protects and delivers, a strong ally, one who reflects the image of God. I know that tells us what it is, but I I wanna get her take on that. She inspires people to find that Ezra within themselves through assessment, encouragement, and equipping, which in turn allows them to step into powerful leaders who slay obstacles, deliver quality services or products, and leave an incredible mark in their spheres of influence. Tell us in your own words. (laughs) I know we got a little bit of a definition of it, what an Ezra is, but tell us Mm -hmm. the background behind that. So I was actually looking at that word and I, it, it's a Hebrew word and it comes from the word help, but our mindset of what help is and what that, that word really means really struck a, a, a chord in me because that word in context it just doesn't mean somebody who just helps assist you. But a lot of the times when that that phrase is used in the Bible, it means military aid. It means somebody that comes in and is somewhat of a rescue, but really helps you win at what you're doing. Um, So did I. (laughs) So that's why I named my business that. Yes. Um, And so... I, I see a huge potential in everybody. I think everybody has potential and a lot of people may have a glimmer of it. And so I, I name my business as they're unfolding because I want to help people unfold that, that potential that's within themselves. Awesome. So that's where that's coming from. So you mentioned mindset in that, and this was something actually that you and I connected on because um, Akpay and I, Akpay and I catch up. I don't know, maybe every couple of weeks just to Mm -hmm. brainstorm on various different things. We met in a networking group, but I think the reason we keep doing our catch-up calls is because we have some commonalities in in our mindset in that I find you to be very open-minded. You're always, you know, looking at things in a different way. That's the other thing that I found really valuable in our conversations. So when it comes to mindset, a lot of people talk, it's it's especially popular now talking about a growth mindset. what are your thoughts on a growth mindset um, versus any other type of mindset? Yeah, I, I hear the words banding it, bandied about, and I'm I, I try to figure out <laughs> try to figure out what that means, and I try to figure out if they understand what that means. They keep using that word. I'm not sure they know know what <laughs> what that means. Um, so, wh- like, what is the growth mindset? What's the purpose? What What are you wanting to do? Like, where are you growing towards? Like, are you, yeah, I have questions. I have a lot of questions. I I like to clarify things. And so what does that mean to you? Are you just wanting more profits? Well, there's a lot of ways to go about doing that. And I think we, we step, step in the way of ourselves a lot because we, we 
do what other people tell us to do or what other people tell us is successful, but we're very unique. Um, and what works for John might not work for Steve, which may not work for Acpenny. Right. And so really understanding what, what, where are you growing to? What are you, what are you doing? Um, and why do you want to do it? I think is very, very important before you start saying, okay, I have this growth, growth mindset and these are the five steps on how to do this. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> See, this is a perfect example of what I'm, I'm talking about when we have conversations is sometimes I'll say something and, and you'll make a comment like that and I'll go, hmm, yeah, I think I kind of parroted that. I need to really think more about mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Um, Tell us about, I know from our conversations, you have, you have a varied uh, array of services and, and types of people that you work with. So could you tell our audience a little bit about your business and mm -hmm. some of the different services that you offer to the people yeah. that you work with? Yeah, and I, I offer different services. I do business, small business coaching, um, I do consulting and I do speaking and training. Um, and they sound different, but it's, Again, I have a purpose in mind, a goal in mind, and that's why I do what I do. The small business coaching is for startups and um, small business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, whatnot, people who are starting up. And I just had a conversation with my assistant um, and actually really knowing my strengths. And my strengths is really helping people, again, unfold their potential, gain clarity for what they want to do and carry them through like the first year or two of their businesses to where they're sustaining or where they're going to a growth mindset. And then I have referrals. I have referral partners. I'm like, I, I got you through the, you know, the hiccups, the, the, the time when 80% of small businesses fail. I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm going to crusade to change that number. <laughs> so, um, wanting to be, um, to be a sustainer of things. And so what I do is like, I talk with people, I'll look at their, you know, SWOT analysis, their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, things like that. Look at their mindset, where they're going. Look at, okay, what's your vision, your mission, your goals? Do you have them? Okay, if you don't have them, let's figure out what they are so that we have a place to move forward. One of my favorite stories is in Alice in Wonderland. I think, um, I'm not sure if I shared what, that with you, is that when Alice, meets up with the Cheshire cat and she asks him it. I don't know actually what it is, but um, <laughs> yeah. So she asks uh, which path that she should take and the Cheshire cat responds, well, where do you want to go? And she responds, well, anywhere, I suppose. And then he, it responds, well, then any path will take you there. And so I like that resonated with me is like, if you don't know where you want to go, then you can go anywhere. You can do anything. And so, and, but it doesn't necessarily get you to a conclusion, a goal. So I, I, I help people clarify where they want to go so that they can go down the right paths. And the right path is not always a straight line. In fact, the right path is often not a straight line. And so it's walking people through the, you know, the wins and the the disappointments and things like that and make sure that they know that w they have a, a a goal in mind and all that stuff so that's the business coaching um and then i have a process 
management, project management background, and I'm a geek and a nerd, and I love that stuff. And so <laughs> I, I do operations for a publish, publishing company just to keep my hand in, um, you know, the gears running and, and things like that. I do project management for a lawyer, um, a small business lawyer. So that actually kind of still fits in. And then um, I realized that as I'm talking to people, I'm answering the same questions or I am asking the same questions to people. So I'm, I, I'm pulling together some speaking and training to be able to disseminate that um, uh, on a broader basis. So those, those are kind of all the things that I do. So that's well, not all, but <laughs> no, you do, you actually do a lot more I, yeah. I from our conversations, but that's, I yes. think that gives people a good idea. Yeah. the different things that you could help people with mm -hmm. that story that you use as an example i think uh is a good illustration of a couple of the points that we talk about with achievements and goals mm -hmm. and then the purpose and priorities so one question that i am curious about when it comes to goals i try to be open-minded so sometimes that that can create confusion right and mm -hmm. for a long time i struggled with this where i would listen to certain people saying you have to have clear, well-defined goals, and they have to be smart goals. And you know, they have all these rules around setting goals and working towards goals. And then I remember um, one of the guys that I used to listen to a lot years ago. One of his favorite people in self-improvement was John Wooden, who was a coach way, way back in the day for UCLA basketball. I think they won like ten national championships. His thing was, all I want you to focus on is getting better. We're going we're gonna to work every day in practice to get better. Don't worry about the other team or any goals. And I looked at that and I thought, huh, but over here they say define, <laughs> you got to work towards them over here. It's kind of more loosey-goosey. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? What's your school of thought kind of on how to approach goals? I am more on that basketball coach side. Um, I'm a huge fan of, what's his name? Is it Stephen, Jim, somebody, Keller. Um, and I have the book somewhere. Sure. He wrote a book called Do One Thing. Oh, um, yeah. Yes. And, um, and if you read that, it's, it's talking about having, um, a main goal and then he breaks it down into, okay, have a main goal for your family, for your business, all, you know, these things and do that. And then you measure so it's kind of like project management, going back to my project management background, you have this one goal and then you have tasks that lead up to these goals. So I think some of what's happening with the, the other thing that you mentioned is that you have all these tasks that you have to do when there's a framework around those tasks and all that stuff and your focus, you're majoring on the minors. Mm. And so you want the major thing. And then as you looking at the major thing, the things that fall off of it, or the things that come out of it actually goes towards your goals. So the the example of the basketball um, thing is you want to do better, be better. Well, what do you need to do to be better? Realize I suck at the free throw thing. So I'm going to practice doing free throw shots. I can do three point shots all the time. So I don't need to work on that, but you know, concentrate on that. Um, the other thing I uh, that people don't realize is that I encourage people to do like, you know, short-term, long-term, and, and mid-term goals, because things are going to change. You're going to meet some goals that you didn't realize that you could meet. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you have to keep pounding the, the, pounding the pavement or whatever. Um, 
sometimes your goal will change. So if you've met them or if you realize that this short-term goal is actually not in line with my long-term goal, change it. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, don't be so hidebound because that's what's, that's, that was what your goal is. I think you had, you had mentioned that you had a client or you were in part of a, 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 a business that, um, you were being successful or they were being successful. They were making money. They were, you know, that was their success, but they looked at their business plan and saying, well, we're not doing oh, things yeah. on this, <laughs> this business plan. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, they, you want to change things because you're successful to align with the plan, or do you want to reassess your plan and see is this my goal? Okay, this is my goal, and I met it. Now I need new goals. Yeah, that was a um, a buddy of mine that I used to work with. He he started a new business, and it was like the one year anniversary. And him and his partners mm -hmm. were looking at the business plan and the results for the year. Yeah, and I remember the phrase that stuck with me is um, the one partner said, "Well, we're not following the plan." The other partner mm -hmm. said, but we're doing great. Do you want to follow the plan or do you want to follow the money? Mm -hmm. I've always tried to remember that. Um, yeah. that's, I thought that was like a good kind of a, a nutshell way to, to think yeah. about that. And it's a good question. Is the plan to get more money or is the plan something different? And then you have to make a decision. Okay, my plan was to, you know, help the community while well, I'm making money. And that's, you know, those, those are two different things. But if your plan was in, in an angle to get, you know, earn the money, you're doing it. <laughs> you just made me realize too, this, this is a good example, I think, of if you work with a coach, I'd be willing to believe to, to assume that John Gooden probably did have lots of concrete goals for mm -hmm. his team but maybe he just focused his team on just getting better. Mm -hmm. And he behind the scenes was giving them the tasks to get better that would lead them to all those concrete goals. Mm -hmm. But I, that's, I think that's one of the values that you can bring as a coach is that you can kind of free their mind up a little bit to stop worrying about a lot of the details. Mm -hmm. I got you, I'm your coach, just focus on these. Um, I never thought about that until you you said what you said. This is this is what I love about our conversations. You <laughs> you make me think about things differently a lot. Um, yeah, so the, I, I get into trouble a lot because people are like, ah, that just kind of ruined my trajectory. Thank you very much. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> so this makes me think about another thing that I think a lot of people get tripped up with. And I'm curious your thoughts on when people talk about like mission, vision, goals, that seems to be a source of confusion for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Can you give us your take on kind of how you break things down from the highest level and then sort of chunk them down? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Because I actually have a, I, I helped a, a bunch of nonprofit starts. And so a lot of that is what they concentrate on. And so um, I talk about vision and vision is, is basically your end goal. It's like, what do you want to see happen? Where where are you going? What what is your purpose for being here? That's the some that's the thing that probably won't really change. Is okay. This is this is why I started it. This is my ethos. This is who I am. Okay. Um, your mission is how are you going to get there? That one you want to reassess every year, every five years, and all that stuff because you may say. 
my goal for getting to my mission or the way I'm going to get to my mission is to do this. Okay, so I did this and it's working. So I'm going to keep doing this or I did this and we realized that we need to add this in order to actually get to our goals. So that's going to change. Um, and you, you have to actually be on a constant reassessment schedule so that you know that you're like, here's your, I, I don't know if people can see that you, you have your goal right here and you, you're starting here. You're going to have to take corrective measures because sometimes you're going slightly to the left and you're like, oh, okay, we need to do the right, like move to the right and things like that. And then you're, um, so that was the mission, vision, mission. values. Your values are your Again, your ethos. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the mission. And this is uh, happening with some some people that if I'm doing the mission and I'm reaching my goal, but I'm compromising my values, then are you reaching your goal? So what are the what is your value system that you're putting into place, and and how are you going to accomplish it? Like if um, my if my my thing is that I am going to I don't, I don't know the example, but it, it could be ridiculous is that it, it's my goal to make sure everybody, you know, reaches an end goal. But if by the time they reach it, they're worn out, they hate each other, they hate themselves, then you haven't really <laughs> reached your goal. Right. So what values are going to you putting into place so that you reach your goal with healthy people at the right. end? Yeah, I think a classic example I think of with the that clash, that sort of cognitive dissonance is I have a goal to make a certain amount of income to provide mm -hmm. for my family, but family is a very high a goal that I hold in, in high regard. And I work so much that I'm neglecting my family time. I think that's one of like small business owners, especially like clash, mm -hmm. uh, classic clashes um, yeah. of those. So yeah, and I would, I, I can really see how working with a coach like you could help people get some clarification on that and then do that periodic coaching, mm -hmm. make sure that they're doing sort of a mental reconciliation there to make sure they're on that path. Yeah. Um, so Steve just did a little research for us. Uh, Gary Keller, the one thing. Gary that, Keller, that yes, Gary yes. Keller. Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't, I'm reading so many books, like for the life of me, I couldn't remember the first name. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. So what, mm -hmm. are, what other books are some of the favorites or classics in your mind? Classic that I actually went out and, and bought again because I couldn't find my copy was Good to Great by Jim Collins. Yep. Fantastic. And it's actually, I was pulling a an anecdote from it um, to help me with some of my decisions. And so that's a, that's a really good one. Um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's uh -huh. a classic that uh, I still use to this day. Um, one thing that may not be a common thing, but I think it's hugely valuable is boundaries for leaders. Boundaries for, okay, hold on yes. a second. I got to write this down. That's a new one on me. Uh -huh. Boundaries for leaders. Okay, yes. go ahead. Let me see if I have the, oh, there it is. Dr. Henry Cloud. I have like three piles of books around me. So <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm going to have to look that one up. The other ones mm -hmm. I've heard of, but that one, that one's a new one. Go yeah, ahead. I think, and it feeds into um, the uh, one thing like we were talking about Okay, is that it's, it's a good thing. One of the greatest phrases from that book is that you are ridiculously in charge. Um, I like that. 
Yeah, it's really great. But it also it is talking about you have the ability to say no. And some of the stuff that we we victimize ourselves is this is happening. This is happening. This actually happened to my assistant. She goes, I'm allowing these to happen. I am allowing these people to cross my boundaries. And I realize I'm in charge of how I feel because of this. So, uh, yeah. Um, so that that's a grab that one. one. Mm -hmm. And let's see, what else am I reading that? Oh, um, I like Susan Cain's Quiet. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. The power of an introvert in a world that can't stop talking. Talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you and I have had some good conversations about that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what, what do you think about introversion? Uh, everybody could learn that would be helpful, even if they're because we've talked about this and there's lots of things that people don't understand about introverts. But what what is something that you could share that might help anyone? Mm -hmm. um, communicate better back and forth between introverts, extroverts, or even someone in the middle? Um, there's so many things. Uh, one of the things that I didn't mention is that I do teach high, high schoolers, middle schoolers, and high schoolers about life skills. And I teach an introversion class. Um, and a lot of the misconception is introverts are shy, they don't speak, and all that stuff. And people are surprised to learn that I'm an introvert. And um, an introvert, there's so many things about dealing with introverts and extroverts, and there's a rise, there was a rise in, um, I guess, awareness of the introversion, and so there's, <laughs> there's conflict there, um, and we're in a world where we can, we can have both coexisting, um, and we actually help one another, and one of the things about introverts is not that they're shy, it's that there's several things about it that there's with a lot of people around they need time to recharge on their own so they're mm -hmm. not all and there's a scale of it so you have people who can like hang out with people and that's fine but then like for me i can't do more than two or three networking groups a week otherwise i get cranky and I may say something that other people will regret so i know this about me <laughs> so i make sure that i put that into my schedule and in fact my my assistant knows that when she's scheduling things for me um to be able to be aware of some of these things introverts also in a meeting some people don't realize is that they need time to process so um they need um it would be great for introverts to get an agenda ahead of time, not at the beginning of a meeting, or if they need to contribute to something, or if there's a question that's being presented and people want to throw out ideas, allow intro, don't pick on them first because a lot of, they, they think through things and it's not because they're dumb. It's because they want to think through their, their introverting, they're internalizing their thought process. So that's what happens um, with that. So there's, there's several things about that, that can, um, can lead to misunderstanding. But if we just take a step back, we realize, okay, no, this is what's happening. Okay. And so I can have grace for who you are and um, I can understand why you do what you do. I don't do it, but I can understand why you do what you do. And I'm going to have mm -hmm. grace for that as long as you have grace for the way I do things and why I do things uh, the way I do. Yeah. So grace or uh, even, even awareness as a starting point, but for our audience, depending on what, what studies you look at, some are 
between a, a third to a half of the population are introverts. So the, part of the reason I brought it up is that if you're not one yourself, if you're in a room with other people, look to your left and your right, there's, you know, mm -hmm. one, or, one or both of those people might, you know, might be an introvert. Mm -hmm. um, so those are some great tips about introversion. Um, have you found that through this pandemic, I consider myself somewhat of an introvert and I have found, my girlfriend's very much an extrovert. Mm -hmm. And I found that with the pandemic and the lockdown and all those things, it's been like a dramatic difference in how we've processed it. Mm -hmm. um, have you found that with clients you work with or just people in general that, that you've come in contact with throughout through all this? Differences how they process it. Yeah, uh, I think um, introversion extroversion is not the only scale. Uh, you 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 have to take into consideration a lot of things. But one of the things that people I saw a shirt that said that um, introverts say they've been preparing for the the pandemic all their lives. Um, <laughs> it was fantastic. But you're seeing studies and you're seeing reports now that introversion, introverted people are actually really st struggling because they have family at home. And so people, kids don't go to school and then right. their partners don't go to work. So there's people around all the time. And so what did I say about introverts? They need time alone to recharge. There's no time alone. And so <laughs> they're, they're, they're like going slightly crazy. And then you're extroverted. Some people are fine because they can do a Zoom meeting all the time, all the time. And mm -hmm. they're going like, I'm going to talk with this person. I don't, this is not so bad. This is great. And all that stuff. So there's some dichotomy in, um, in some of that. So people, people need to realize, okay, this is who I am and this is how I am not being recharged. Or I'm not taking the self-care for this. Mm. You know, you have some extroverts like, I can't wait to see people again because Zoom is not enough. And I understand that. And introverts are like, I can't wait to, you know, see people because then I can walk away and not say, and people yeah. can not say, we'll just get on a Zoom call real quick. And you're like, no. <laughs> Yeah. So you mentioned something that's been a hot topic for me, and you know this because I've mentioned it in some of our networking groups, self-care, right? Mm -hmm. Especially for small business owners. We get so busy with all the day-to-day the -day of running a business. And then, you know, if you have a family and you've got other people that you need to take care of, self-care is something that's kind of bubbled up as a, as a big new topic. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you have any habits or routines that you've found helpful specifically with self-care, but it, it could be even in general mm -hmm. um, that you might be able to share with people just from that standpoint of habits or, or routines. Um, I already mentioned one because I was getting the, the Zoom fatigue, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and I, was, I, I realized that I cannot schedule meetings all day long, every day, all day, just because I can. Yeah. So knowing what my limits are, and my limits are three to four meetings. So I have to, you know, make sure that that's happening. I'm also not what you would call a morning person, bright-tailed and bushy-eyed. I had a meeting yesterday at 7.15 in the morning. That's never going to happen again. Like, ever. <laughs> I did it as a favor to a friend, but that is just like, my husband was laughing at me as I was trying to function and, you know, be able to get my brain and my mouth to get together. So I have, I have settled my schedule where I can be working like 
well, essentially what I do is that I start my business day at 10 o'clock. Um, I do housework and all that stuff. And then I, you know, work basically from 10 to six. And then um, I'm very, very careful about evening meetings because I do volunteer and all that stuff. And I'm in my first year of marriage. And so my boundary is that I'm not going to fill my meetings or my evenings with different meetings because I'm spending time with my husband. So um, those are, again, those are boundaries that you have to bring in. I have to be comfortable with saying no. And I think that's a lot of it is that we're not comfortable with saying no. Yeah, for me, that is for sure. But boundaries, that's a, that's a good takeaway for me, for sure, probably for everyone, is that boundaries are a key piece of that self-care. Mm-hmm. Knowing when to say no, things, things to say no to, even the timing, yeah. right? Because I think if people, I think most people listening would probably, if they really gave it some thought, they'll pretty quickly answer the question, are, are you a morning person or not? <laughs> and then use that to kind of guide them with some of their uh-huh. routines and, and their boundaries. Um, you mentioned uh, in several conversations we've had a Slaying Giants workshop that you've been working on. Tell us about what that workshop is going to be, who it's for, mm-hmm. and um, when it's going to be. I'm super excited for it. Okay, sorry. I had to get that out. Um, so I was, I, I think I was reading a book or something, and I was realizing that there's a lot of concepts that I do want to get out to small business owners, and it it concentrates on um several different things. What I I spoke on a little bit before is about identity, who we are, about, you know, kind of some of the task management type things, mindset change. And I realized as I was reading this book, I could pull this together in a workshop. It would be fantastic. And um, a lot of what it is, is we run into things in our business or even in our lives that seem to stop us in in our tracks. And I wanted to talk about how we deal with that. And um, so I have pulled together this workshop called Slaying Giants. Um, I love that name, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's, I do too. <laughs> I do too. It just came out and I was like, this, I'm sticking with this. I'm sticking with this title. But it really is because that's some of the things that we confront seems too big for us. So we talk about, you know, bringing mountains down to molehills. And we talk about equipping ourselves to be able to, even if we can't bring the mountains down to the molehills, um, equip ourselves to climb the mountain. Um, and um, so uh, I am actually trying to minimize it into a five-week course, and I'm hoping to have it out by the end of March, early April. Um, and we'll have it on my website. I'm going to do a pilot course for it first, um, because I want feedback. I'm, I want to know, okay, is the information I'm giving you, I know it's good, but is it helpful for you? Is this something that you feel like you could tell other people about? So, so is it going to be a recorded course or are you going to be doing uh, webinars do or? Yeah, I'm going to do a live webinar, kind of a live teaching because it's going to be interactive. I'm, everybody okay. every week is going to have stuff to do. Um, okay. It's not going to fix. It's not going to fix your business in five weeks, but it m- will help change your mindset, your perspective, I should say. Okay, but this yeah. will all be live. 
mm-hmm. you delivering and, and being right. interactive with people. Yeah. So it'll be once a week over the five or, or six mm-hmm. weeks that you do. Okay, yes. great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's one thing that I struggle with because there's a lot of evergreen courses that people can do where people put online. And uh, I think that's a valuable thing because with time at a resource, uh, a high priority, um, it's hard to try and figure out a time. But mm-hmm. the way that I deliver material takes involvement from the people that I'm teaching. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with that aspect and I don't have an answer. So I'm going to continue doing things the way <laughs> I know how and the way that I see is effective mm-hmm. um, until I, I see a, a need to change. So you, you mentioned a few things in there that made me think of the word accountability because mm-hmm. you're talking about the recorded courses, which that's something that's missing with mm-hmm. those. Where do you see accountability fitting in for small business owners? It's probably kind of universal for everyone, but especially for small business owners, um, even like myself, or just a one-person show. Mm-hmm. What, what advice would you have for someone that doesn't have sort of a built-in structure in their, their business of people that they're accountable to? How can solopreneurs handle yeah. that? Any tips for that? Yeah, well, I'm a business coach. So I'm going to tell you, get a coach, get a mentor. If you don't have the the means, the finances, whatever, get yourself um, a good, uh, what's the word, uh, mastermind group Okay. that you, you can throw ideas off of. Um, if everybody else, everybody around you is, is telling you yes, or you're not getting any input, you're going to go off the rails pretty soon. You, you, you can't move in a vacuum. You can't live in a vacuum. Um, and so it's people have a coach, have a mentor, mm-hmm. have a, um, you know, a group of people that will not always say yes to you. Yeah. That's super valuable. I think mm-hmm. Ray Dalio is the one I heard talk about, um, what does he call it? Radical transparency. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want a bunch of yes people. He's like proactive about asking people to disagree with him because he kind of wants to test his thoughts. Um, I have a I have a thing about the difference between transparency and vulnerability. Ooh, vulnerability because people use transparency all the time, and I think it's um, I get frustrated because transparency is allowing people to see into you, and that's fantastic. And people are being more transparent. But the question is, are you being vulnerable? Are you allowing people to see into you and speak into you? Um, just letting people see who you are, that's fine, that's fantastic. But if something bring, somebody brings up something, you're like, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you need to be open to input. You need to be vulnerable to being wrong. You need to be, and just because somebody brings, brings up a thought that you don't agree with, um, you don't have to take their thought, but you have to consider it. That brings up actually a question that I got recently about this topic about the balance of, you know, people are getting much more aware of bringing, uh, I'm using air quotes here, the whole person to work, right? Mm -hmm. And there's much more focus now um, about helping people sort of embrace their whole person. Mm -hmm. But the question I got was, how do you balance that with making sure that people are still appropriate with like not oversharing and that type of thing. Any thoughts on how people, things people could do to, to kind of guide them with the balance 
mm-hmm. to, to not overshare, but still be vulnerable in a productive way? Yeah. Well, being vulnerable, you're going to, you're going to have selective people that you're vulnerable with. You don't have to um, get feedback from everybody. So you do have that. You can be transparent. I see this as like, um, what is it? Convergent circles. So you have people that you share everything, you take their input and all that stuff. You have people that you share everything, but okay, some of your voice is a little messed up. <laughs> Do that. And then you have some people and you're like, yeah, no, you're not seeing into my world. Um, again, uh, it's coming back to boundaries uh, as far as that's concerned. Um, I I don't remember which book it is that I read this, but balance is a, a term that I think may be doing some people harm because a balance is not a noun it's a verb and it's gonna always well it's an action noun. <clears throat> so you think of a balance beam um mm-hmm. and you get on a balance beam and you your muscles are con- are continually um adjusting to keep you on the beam so there's always movement to keep you on that beam so if you want balance in your you know work-life balance there's something there's going to be seasons where your work is going to take over and then there's going to be seasons where your your work is going to be in the background that balance is going to be a give and take and it's it's something that's always moving and you have you have to be aware of that and say okay this is where i am right now and this is what i need to do in order to be healthy right now now okay I've been in this season for three months or six months. Okay, now I can focus on something else. I can talk to my family. You know, um, mommy needs to be at work for a little bit while longer, and it's just going to last these six weeks or something like that. It, it's it's a constant movement, um, and so we need to be aware of. We need to figure out what's that one thing that's going to help us move forward. And so, what are these tasks to these one things, um, and that helps us with our internal balance and our internal kind of well-being mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. So that's that's my opinion about balance. So taking that kind of one step further, with, when it comes to balance, one of the big areas that I hear a lot about now that people are struggling with, with balance going forward is there's all these companies that went completely virtual, so they just sent everybody home. Mm-hmm. And now there are some companies that are saying, oh, we can start to open our offices and have people back face to face. And I know you and I have talked about this as trainers. We love face to face because that's the most effective, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much lost in, in the virtual environment. What are your thoughts, though, on um, when, when the situation becomes that we can be 100% back to face to face? What are your thoughts on, on the balance of maybe the, some of the advantages of staying virtual part of the time or for some of the things that businesses do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would look to what what are the purposes, what are the goals of the businesses and how can they accomplish that? And who are the people that they have in their business? Like my husband needs to separate his his home and work. So as soon as he could go back to work, he did. He's part of the like communications team. So he, he went to work. Some of his coworkers stay at home. And so what works for people? Like there's a template and there's a format and I'm like, screw the template. (laughs) What is working for you? And what's working for your business and how it, let's get to the bottom line. It's your business moving forward. And are you, are your employees healthy at the end of it? Okay. 
I want to shift gears here real quick um, before I turn the floor over to Steve so he can ask you a few questions. I've been monopolizing your time here, but um, I'm, I'm such a curious person. I, I love asking this question to people. You're, part of what you do as a business is, is you're a coach, right? Mm-hmm. When I, I would venture to guess when you were a kid, being a business coach probably wasn't the most popular job in the world. It may not have even existed as a, as like a job title back then. Yeah. Thinking about when, back when you were a kid, did you have something that you wanted to be when you were a kid? That, when you grew up, you wanted to be? Yeah. No, there were two phases. So for the longest time, I wanted to be a nurse. My mom was a nurse. I wanted to be like my mom. I wanted to help people. Then I realized I couldn't deal with blood all day long. That's not going to work out for me real well. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked the concept of that. I liked the, you know, all that stuff. And I was like, then I wanted to be an actress. Um, I wanted to be creative. I wanted to... um, just be able to present to people a way to um, relate to some things. And I actually, as a, um, a youth leader, I was a director of their creative arts program and I was good mm. at it. I was very good at it. Um, and then I realized, um, uh, I told somebody that I, I like painting with people. I like seeing, and you'll hear what I do in what I did at that time. I like using people's gifts and talents to to um, create a story or to create a parable or to to create something. So I, I saw the value in the different things that people did. And I did things differently and <laughs> may have ruffled a few feathers because of the way <laughs> I did things. Um, not may have, I did. So <laughs> I was younger and stupider then. Now I'm just older and stupider. Um, but, um, so it sounds yeah. like with what you do now, you've, uh, the, the two things that I heard you say that are a perfect tie into what you do now is mm-hmm. the idea of nursing appealed to you because of, you like the idea of helping people mm-hmm. and being an actress, you like the idea of being creative and relating to things. Mm-hmm. Those two things seem like, like huge strengths as a coach mm-hmm. that would yeah. bring a lot of value. Yeah. Um, and what it I, taught me is that what thing what things appear or what you think that you want and you may think about, okay, I want this and this is the the angle of how to do that is not always how it happens. Like you have the angle on how to do that. You have to um, kind of be loose in your handholding of what you want because you may get there, but it may look complete. The journey may look completely differently than what you had thought about. So how, how did you get it from your previous work mm-hmm. doing process improvement? What was it that actually made you decide to start a business as a business coach? I was at a nonprofit. Um, I was working with college students and I was the Jill of all trades. I was doing executive management. I was doing, um, I was a campus director. I was doing event management. I was their HR department from the floor up. And I loved staff development, love staff development days. I love the coaching and mentoring. He did the paperwork, um, just did that. But um, I, I love putting systems and process into place. And so when I left there, I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I, I did take a year to like really assess and, and I, I picked up some freelance contracts during that time. 
And in talking with people and, and thinking about it, I, um, somebody said that you should be a counselor. I'm like, I'm not going back to school for that. I don't want to deal with mm. people's past mess. I don't want to do that. But then I realized I want to help people move forward. Um, and so they said, well, why don't you be a coach? And I'm like, I can get paid for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, I feel very similar in, in that sense that I thought I wanted to be a psychologist for, for many of the same reasons. Mm -hmm. But when I discovered coaching, the big difference that appealed to me was it's not about what's wrong with you and how do we fix it? It's mm -hmm. more about just what do you want more of? Yeah. Right. And then, like, and then still, helping them put together. It's still a little bit of how to fix it, but it's how do we fix it so that you can move forward? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a great way of looking at it. Well, let me, let me turn this over to Steve real quick. Make sure he gets a chance to ask you a few questions before we run out of time. I want to respect your time as well. So Steve, Thanks, in? John. I appreciate that. You know, great, great conversation, Penny. You know, I think one of the things that I really got out of this is you do an awful lot of work with small business owners, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And within that framework, quick question that came to mind was, what consistent habits would you recommend to small business owners? So those folks that are listening, what are the things that either they miss or things that if they consistently did these as small business owners, they could be more successful or have a better business. What are some of the things that you found in that regard? Um, I'm going to start off with what you shouldn't do. Stop stinking multitasking. Multitasking um, is just a lie and it gets you so fragmented. So what I, I would say to business owners is to um, make sure that you have a goal and set priorities because when you do that, Again, it goes to boundaries. You know how to say no to the things that don't feed to your goal. And you have you create more time to the things that do feed to your, your goal. So um, some of the things I, I had a, a talk that's called avoiding the oh shiny syndrome. There's so many tools out there and so many fancy tools and somebody's using this and it was like, oh, I should try this and I should try this. I'm like, if you if you know what your priorities are and your goals are, I'm like, okay, I'll take a yeah, no, that's not going to help me. And you move on and it's okay. So it, it takes a lot of the stress and anxiety out if you know who you are and know who, what your goals are. You know, and you're, you're right on because how many times, how many new shiny objects are there that come across our desk every day? I mean, just go out to Amazon to look for anything and there's a brand new thing that pops mm -hmm. up that says, oh, you need to buy this or yes. uh, wherever you go. Um, and, mm -hmm. and that is so true. And that ties really well together with the, the multitasking piece. So if you could stay focused on just that one thing instead yeah. of, uh, and John and I have talked about this in our own experiences it's so easy to get diverted because there's so many things that you can do i guess yeah. the other the other question that ties into that a little bit is let's look at post pandemic or as one of our folks called it uh ac after covid <laughs> what would you encourage business owners to do today so that when things really transition is there anything that they can do or should do that's really going to put them in a strong position moving forward from your perspective? Uh, that is a really good question. Um, what I do, um, and I'm doing this because of COVID, but also because I'm, and we're looking to relocate, is build your relationships. Build your 
your partnerships, your networking relationship, build that. Um, because, you know, we're people, we live in the world and, and it's easier right now to do it. We do have Zoom and as much as I, you know, kind of knock having 12 Zoom meetings in a day, don't do that unless you're an extrovert and that just gives you joy. But um, build your relationships, be strategic about the relationships that you build so that when you're actually out in the world, you already have something to work off of. Um, you have a network that you're, you're working um, out of um, and it just makes things easier moving forward. Fantastic. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. John, I'm going to turn it back to you and let you uh, wrap things up. All right. Thanks, Steve. Well, Penny, I appreciate you investing the time with us and the value that you delivered to all of our audience out there. Um, there are a couple of quotes that I wrote down from you uh, throughout mm -hmm. this that I really love. But are, is there anyone that you haven't shared with us yet, a particular quote hmm. that you really love? Um, I think it changes from situation and day to day, but right now I have one that's actually sitting on my desk because I like it so much. Cool. Um, it's from Thomas Edison. And actually a friend of mine had introduced me to this quote. It says, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. <laughs> I enjoy that yeah. one because we, we talk as small business, a lot of the times we think, okay, if I'm only, if I'm lucky enough, we'll do this. And if I, you know, you just need to be in front of the right people at the right place and all that and all that stuff. But we, we miss some of the opportunities in front of us because we actually have to put effort into it. Um, and so it's again, a change in mindset. What is something that will move me forward? Um, even if I have to invest time, hours, you know, emotional equity into it. Yep. That's a great quote. I think that is a great way to wrap up this show today. Thanks again for your time. And we will see and hear you guys next time. Thanks for joining us.